Welcome to 92,000 Hours, the podcast that believes in the integration of life and work. For this special episode, we invited several of our faithful listeners and connectors to join us and reflect on the past year. We focus our conversation on gratitude, what it means to us and how it can help us navigate our personal and professional relationships, and even our relationships with ourselves and our environment. I really enjoyed taking this time to slow down and reflect as a group on the good things 2020 has brought us and the important lessons it has taught us. I hope you enjoy this just as much as I did. Of course, because there are several of you here, um, I want to make sure that you all have a chance to introduce yourselves. And as you all know, we don't do that super easily at Connection Collaborative or um, on the 92,000 Hours podcast, we, we ask people to think about it. And so for this, I thought it would be nice to start with introducing yourself by telling us your name and then telling us right now in this moment, what are you grateful for? All right, so let's start. Okay, hi everyone. My name is Bree, and right now I am grateful for my ability to adapt to different situations and humans' ability in general to be adaptive. I think that this year has brought so many challenges, of course, and it's easy to focus on the difficulty of that. For me, I graduated college. I moved to three different Airbnbs during the pandemic. I went from Yonkers, New York to Salt Lake City and then to Queens, New York City. And a lot has been changing. So um, I am grateful for the ability we have to be flexible and adaptable. Awesome. Hi, Brie. So good to see you. (laughs) I'm Emily Tillett, and I am grateful for um, how my world has gotten smaller, the joys that I've found through the smallness of, um, or the simplicity of life, I guess. Um, in the pandemic, I think that my gratitude for, um, just my health and my gratitude for the, um, joy of being a parent and the joy of being a wife Um, have been able to be highlighted and just amplified. So um, that's what I'm grateful for in this. Thanks, Em. Great. Uh, My name is Hannah Williams. And like Emily, I'm grateful for uh, the small moments. Um, I think the pandemic has really emphasized the importance of those. So this past week, I was really looking forward to this podcast today and reconnecting with folks uh, from undergrad and seeing old friends in familiar faces. Thanks, Hannah. Okay, so I'm James Stir, and I'm really grateful right now for the friendships that I have and the people who are able to um, text me and check in with me during these really challenging times, along with coffee, both <laughs> of those. Awesome, thank you, James. My name is Lexi Banks. Um, I was going to say I'm grateful for tea because I'm always grateful for tea, (laughs) but also um, kind of echoing what some of you have said already, 
I'm grateful that in some weird way, the world has kind of adapted itself to how my world <laughs> became because I was working remotely for three years before this. And it was actually kind of challenging to stay in contact with people because everyone was just like living their um, real life world. And I was in Africa <laughs> and now um, coronavirus happened. So everyone's connecting digitally and like there are more jobs that are remote that are available and like just in some weird way, the world has become more how my world was, but I was kind of ahead of the times. <laughs> so grateful for that. Awesome, Lexi. We're catching up to you. <laughs> um, hi, I'm Nicole McKenna. Um, my uh, thing that I'm really grateful for right now, um, I think in a weird way, the pandemic really allowed me to figure out what was most important to me and what would make me the most happy. Um, so for the past couple of years with graduate school, I've been moving around a bunch to kind of live in different cities for school. And now that everything is remote, um, I actually had the opportunity to pick where I wanted to live. So I moved to San Diego. And I think this is like the happiest and least stress um, that I've been in a really long time. Um, I feel like I really get to create like my own life here. Um, and I've just met some really incredible people already who have just impacted my life so much. Um, so yeah, I'm in a weird way. These really challenging and hard times um, let me pick the thing that was, you know, something that was going to make me happy. Awesome. So it's good to see you, Nicole. Um, hi, my name is Oliver Anderson. I use pronouns he and his. And I have uh, a lot of things I'm grateful for, but for the intro, I'll start off by saying, um, I'm really uh, thankful for the sun um, because it has always been really great at casting really beautiful colors um, when it interacts with our planet, despite where our planet is currently at and how it's feeling. Um, but my job has been very difficult um, in the last couple of months. And um, when I'm either going in really, really early or leaving late, it's usually when the sun is either rising or setting and it's always casting a really beautiful color that helps me like pause, breathe, and like reassess where I'm at. Um, and it immediately changes my tune. Um, so I'm really thankful for the impact of the sun and its warmth and all that stuff too, but just the, its ability to allow me to reflect on where I'm at and just to know that I'm okay when things are difficult. So, Thanks for that, Oliver. Well, I'm Shambi Polychronis, and typically I'm grateful for very big things, my relationships, the things that make me who I think I am. But uh, this week I feel very grateful for these little moments that are almost – uh, that become memories, whether they're recipes with people, whether they're these funny things that you laugh at, can you believe this happened, or, can, or do you remember when, um, those things that even if people are gone from our lives, that those moments remain. So I'm really grateful for those little teeny moments that stay with us. Thanks, Shandy. Um, wow, it's hard to go last. Um, my name is Stacy Whitford, and I think I could echo just about everybody's grateful, but I think in this past year, I have become grateful for um, awareness of my emotion. 
and that we all need to embrace whether and not just the happy emotion like the the disappointments the chapters ending the new chapters beginning um and the things that we that we that we get from each of those moments because even from bad comes good i mean we've seen that in so many ways to san diego all of those different moments but i think just the um, the recognition of all of my emotions that i've expressed that i experience awesome thanks stacy and thanks all of you for your willingness to be uh honest and authentic and vulnerable right from the start so I wanted to focus our conversation today, of course, on um, gratitude and how that shows up in our lives, whether it's personally or professionally or as members of communities. And um, in addition, when I think about gratitude, and I've been thinking about this a lot for today, um, I want to think a little bit about things that are related to gratitude, such as uncertainty and joy and optimism and how gratitude relates to each of those things. So um, of course, right now we're recording this in the middle of a pandemic and it's during a time in the pandemic when uh, individuals around the country are facing winter and the holidays are coming and um, there are increasing levels of infection in our country. And the election is over, but it's not completely over. And um, some individuals are doing just fine economically, but there are many people in our society who are truly struggling. And so given that that's where we are, um, and with that much uncertainty in our world, how has gratitude played a role for you with that environment writ large, right? So. Who has a, something to say about how, how's gratitude shown up for you in this time? Shambi. I've actually thought quite a bit about this because it has been such a really hard time. And I remember early in the pandemic thinking, I, as weird as it sounds, I was really grateful that I've struggled before in my life, right? With poverty and some of these others, I know how to live with very little. And that gave me a lot of comfort to know that um, falling on hard times is not the end of anything. And it, if anything, I think it's made me who I am today is being able to you know, be scrappy, get through a tough time, know that I can do with very little, um, and knowing that what's really important around me are the people. So it also has helped me recognize my own personal habits through the pandemic of keeping other people safe and being extra cautious because of my value of people. So again, for me personally, I really think that um, even the hardest of times and some of the things that bloody you the most and beat you up emotionally, you end up walking away with these super powerful skill sets that you can draw back upon. But the trick is you have to recognize it and you have to acknowledge it and you have to embrace it in a way um, or you're just destined to keep feeling poorly about it. But to recognize there's a lot of strength that comes out of some of these things is really, it's been really valuable to me. Yeah, I love it. It's that resilience that comes with, with the struggle. Stacy, what do you think? Hashtag you're on mute. <laughs> Thanks for that hashtag. 
Um, I was going to echo, I, mine was very similar to Shambi's in that um, I look at the span of those of us that are talking today and the age, ages that we are and what we've lived through. And I'm grateful that I've had the experiences that I've had because life isn't always happy. And to be able to go through and get to the other side and to have that recognition that um, it's hard now, but it won't always be hard. Um, and I think part of it for me is trying to learn how to help the younger generation because I feel like they, they don't necessarily see that light at the end of the tunnel. And I think sometimes it makes me appear to be overly optimistic but I don't think of it as overly optimistic. I think of it as it's realistic for me because of the experiences I've already had. And just being able to learn how to help those that haven't get through so that then they too can have the resilience to get through that next thing that happens. I love it. I love that you brought up optimism because I really think gratitude and optimism are linked. Emily, what do you think? So I, um, both Shambi and Stacy had me thinking about um, being grateful for just kind of magical moments during this time. Um, like today and yesterday, our, our family is starting to get really creative about how we spend our time inside. And so we pulled out puzzles and I haven't done puzzles for a really long time. Um, and it was really fun. We had to have, um, you know, varying uh, degrees of difficulty because we have, um, little ones we have a little four-year-old and we have a 17 year old and a 13 year old and so um it was that was really fun and, and the creativity there and just my experience with puzzles and stories about being doing puzzles and being with puzzles was uh really fun and then uh, one other thing that came up for me when shambi you were talking about politics and or was it annalisa you mentioned you know just the political time i've been blown away by my um stepson who's my daughter's four and a half and she wants me to tell you that she's not four but she's four and a half um so uh my 17 year old son has uh been my like go-to for all my political information and i'm blown away by the generation coming up um you know he helped me and my mom sit with our voter with our <laughs> ballots and vote he knew more about the judges he knows more about the issues and um i just have a lot of hope for this upcoming generation. And I've also learned how to multitask really well. So she's <laughs> whispering to me and I can talk at the same time. <laughs> I love that so much, Emily. And I just have to say that I'm also grateful for that type of particular moment that you're having with your lovely Ella Jo sitting next to you. Because one of the things that I have loved about the pandemic that I am grateful for is that it has shown a light on who we really are. And mo many of you know how much I deeply appreciate knowing people as whole people. And I think it's forced all of us in to not compartmentalize who we are at work and who we are at home and, and give each other grace in ways because we get to see people as parents and as pet owners and as people who are cooking and trying to do their laundry while they're working too many hours. And I've, um, I've actually really loved that. So it's nice to see people be themselves. And I also appreciate that all of you guys showed up to our Zoom call today with your real background rather than the other ones that we can put. So I appreciate that. 
All right, Nicole, how about you? Um, yeah, I was just thinking, um, kind of as you were talking, one, yeah, thanks for being okay with all of my cats. We have four cats and a dog in this house now. Um, but yeah, I think uh, really taking time um, to rest has been a big thing for me. Um, as you were kind of talking about uh, that we we're kind of noticing these like small magical moments that we're having. Right. Um, and a big part of that has been kind of me also trying to understand like, okay, what do, what am I feeling right now? And like, what do I need in order to, you know, feel a little bit less stressed or feel more connected to people. Um, and so finding ways to kind of create those moments for myself, um, whether that's oh, okay, you know, I'm gonna do yoga or I'm gonna go watch my favorite movie or I'm gonna drink some tea. Um, and I really placed a bigger emphasis, um, I think unconsciously on rest. Um, and I, uh, most of you that I've worked with know that I just work all the time and don't really take breaks and never really have. Um, and now I am very consciously taking time for myself and to connect with family and to connect with friends um, and really just letting myself enjoy life and not just work all the time. Awesome. So I want to say, um, you guys know that I love Brene Brown and she's done a lot of research in this area. And um, one of the things that she talks about is that she has noticed that people who, of course she talks about the, you know, the whole, per, the people who are whole. Um, but um, another way to put it is the people who have, who are joyous, the people who find joy in their lives um, have are joyous because they have a gratitude practice and not the other way around. It's not, uh, so it's not, they feel grateful because they're automatically joyous. It's they feel joy because they work hard at being grateful. Um, so I'm interested in if any of you have a regular gratitude practice, um, I'm interested in if you consider yourself joyful. I'm interested in um, how does, gratitude and how does joy manifest itself in your personal relationships? So I'm going to start with you, Hannah. Yeah. Um, so I'm a big fan of this topic and Brene Brown. So excited you brought it up. Um, I will say I, uh, I do have a gratitude journal and that's been really helpful during the pandemic. Um, I don't journal every day, but I do on my really hard days. And I think that's helpful just, for reframing or kind of trying to remember that things aren't as bad as I think it is right in that moment. Um, and for me, the difference between gratitude and joy is that I think of gratitude as a verb. It's an action. It's an internal practice that I have to do. And it helps um, ultimately cultivate to joy, which I think of as a noun. And it's like a state that you, you're trying to get to. But um, I think as Brene Brown was alluding to, like, uh, gratitude something that you can do actively, um, but joy or happiness is kind of elusive, and but it just helps get closer to that state. I love it. Who else has a gratitude practice?
Lexi. I should have just started talking instead of raising my hand. Um, <laughs> so I wouldn't say I necessarily have a gratitude practice, but it definitely comes up in my mind just naturally. Anytime I'm feeling so stressed or if I'm struggling with like negative emotions, then I'm like, wait, remind yourself to be grateful. Like what Hannah was saying, remind yourself to reframe this and think about um, even when I'm feeling like, anxious about what's going to happen or sad because I'm separated from my partner right now. Okay. What does that tell me about my life and my values? Like right now I have the opportunity to be seeing my family. Um, it's actually a good thing missing someone in some ways because it shows that like you love someone and you care for someone. So like you have that and reminding myself of that. So I don't, I have tried to start a gratitude journal and stuff, but I'm not super consistent with it. But I guess my practice is keeping gratitude top of mind when those negative emotions come up. Nice. James, how about you? Yeah, I want to echo a little bit of what Hannah and Lexi said. Lexi, I'm with you in that I cannot do a daily gratitude journal every single day. I just can't do it. Like, it's just too hard. I get too busy. I don't know. There's just something about it that doesn't work for me. But in terms of gratitude being a practice, like Hannah talked about, for me, it's my routine. Waking up every single day and then going on my walk and then having my coffee is something that I know will bring me happiness and joy. So it's kind of that action state and that way that gets me to feeling happy. And so I just know that like, for me, my gratitude practice is how I spend most of my time with my routine. Awesome. And I know you have um, something to say about it, Nicole, and I'm going to give you a curveball. How does it with regard to a gratitude practice and joy, tell me a little bit about how that affects your personal relationships. Oh, well, that's actually perfect because I was going to talk about how my um, gratitude practice, um, it kind of is something that I feel like comes to me rather than something that I do intentionally, which is kind of interesting, but I'll get moments whether I'm stressed or I'm really happy or I'm just kind of sitting thinking um and these thoughts of like wow I'm really grateful for this and this and this um but oftentimes it comes in waves of me being really emotional about the people that I have in my life um and being like wow I am so lucky to have a mom who does xyz or I am so lucky um to have my best friends so my best friends all know that they will get random texts from me that are like paragraphs long of just me being like, I am so grateful for you. Like you're the best person ever. You've completely changed my life. Um, and they just kind of know to expect that. Uh, but I've noticed at least with some of my friends too, that occasionally now they'll start saying the same thing to me. And I'm like, wow, that was random, but thank you so much. I'm glad, I'm glad that we're feeling this way about each other. Um, so yeah, in, in a weird way, it's just kind of something that comes like intuitively, I guess, um, when I feel like I need to reach out and let someone know, like, thank you for being in my life and the things that um, you do for me and you give to me. I love that you talked about that and how that feels for you as well. And I like that moment of reaching out and it plays into something that I'm thinking about with regard to how gratitude shows up in our professional workplaces, because we know 92,000 hours is about how much time we spend at work. So um, when you think about your, um, your work, I just was reading this Forbes article to prepare for this today. And 
it was really about how like gratitude showing up at work, particularly with the small things and not with the big grandiose things makes a more particular difference. And, and the article said that leaders who express gratitude generally have more efficient, engaged and happy employees, but the gratitude has to be specific and timely and most importantly, authentic. And it must, in some ways, if you think about it, it must be even more than the act of showing gratitude, although that's important, the leader themselves have to have an attitude of gratitude, like really cultivate that themselves in their work. So I thought it was a really interesting article. I have been struggling. I have, I have an employee that I struggled with recently. And I realized that if I actually switch it up and start thinking about all of the things that I am grateful for about that employee, rather than the things that are driving me crazy, that I can see them more wholly and appreciate what they're really bringing and then start to get to the place of actually solving our issues rather than, you know, being, having like a more uh, conflict-based relationship. And so, um, so I'm interested in what you guys have experienced with regard to that, particularly in your workplaces. And, and when have, I mean, have you experienced that or have you had leaders that are particularly good or bad at that? And what are your thoughts? Um, so Stacy, what do you think? We actually just went through a leadership change at the company where I work. And it's the epitome of what you were just saying. We went, went from having a leader who proclaimed to be, you know, like that great leader who, who does everything to appreciate her employees and, but never actually acted that way um, to having a leader come into the company who just in small acts does that. And what's really interesting is that that leadership, right? It, it runs down. And so the, just the dynamic, we have two different offices and um, one of the small things is like bringing, you know, just little treats and knowing what each person likes and knowing when someone's having a bad day and asking them or, um, but it's then in turn made it so that the employees themselves, it's, it's interconnected. So now they're being much more grateful of one another. Um, and it's, we actually have one of the girls in our office that was always kind of treated like. She was just the, you know, like she was the lowest one on the totem pole. And all of a sudden she has risen into this leadership position because she uh, suddenly she was actually appreciated for the things that she did, the knowledge that she had, right? I mean, we joked that she runs the company, but was never given credit for it. And all, it just is amazing how just a small act of uh, compliment or, Asking someone for their advice. I mean, that doesn't seem like gratitude, but it, 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 it is. And it's amazing to see how it's changed the dynamic in our workplace um, and just relationships with each other, those of us that work together. It's been amazing. I love that. I love that the authenticity was such an important part of it, recognizing people. Yeah. Oliver, what are your thoughts on that? Um, yes, I hope I make sense because I'm a processor and I also have the strength of individualization. So I want to respond to everyone and honor what they're saying, but I'm like slightly overwhelmed. Um, but I can, as I try to conceptualize it for work, 
Um, I've experienced it when it's far and few. So I like the framing you gave, right, about specific, authentic, timely. Um, and I've appreciated, because I see their effort and, and their attempt to have a positive impact when supervisors are like, I can be better at this. Um, I don't do this often, but I always see that you're wonderful and great. I'm like, that's nice. Um, once every three months or four months. Okay. <laughs> you know, like, cool. Um, and so I just take that as like, how can I do that? Um, how can I break that cycle and do it more um, consistently and ongoing um, in my uh, sphere of influence, right? Because sometimes you can't change the upper leadership or the direction of the organization, but I can, you know, I can control my own experience and interactions. And one of the things I really love doing is when I talk to folks and they share with me gratitude about someone else. So they're like, oh my gosh, I love when so-and-so does this. They're so efficient and so wonderful. I'm like, that's great. What was their reaction when you told them? And they said, oh, I haven't told them. I'm like, well, when do you want to tell them? And they're like, I don't know. I'm like, well, if you're telling me something great about someone, I think you should be telling it to that person. And usually people pause and they go, you're right. I'm like, truly, I mean, you probably don't hold yourself back to give a critique to that person. But when you have something nice to say about something that they've done that has impacted you, we as humans are less likely to say it, right? Unless we've gone through extensive amount of reflection and, and Brene Brown reading and stuff where we're just like, you know, calling it out. But not a lot of people have that opportunity or exposure. And so a lot of times I like to remind folks that um, you don't have to wait for someone else um, in a higher leadership role to cultivate uh, a culture of, you know, gratitude and appreciation. You can do it within your own spheres. Um, and love that, Oliver. Well done. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. So I, I love doing that. I love catching moments because I get a, a maybe it's selfish, but I get a, a little smile on my face of like someone's going to go pass on that gratitude and it's going to make that person that much more joyful. And even though my day to day may not present too much joy <laughs> with the stress of the pandemic, my job, knowing that other people are finding it and sharing it is really uh, comforting and inspiring to keep going. I love also that Oliver, that you give the person who told you the nice thing about someone else, the opportunity to say it to that person, because I think that practice builds that muscle for everybody rather than you going to that person and telling them that. So well done. Brie, what do you think? Yeah, I agree completely with you, Oliver. Um, I, like I said in my introduction, I graduated college this year um, and have moved into full-time work. And I think that uh, I have struggled personally with being, you know, like, like Stacy said, you're at the top of the totem pole when you're a senior in college and doing all of this, all of this work. Um, I think there were many leadership roles that I was involved in at college and then moving into a full-time work position and being at the bottom of the totem pole is uh, definitely a change and a challenge. And I think that uh, many people my age would feel the same way. Um, and I, 
you know, college is very different than <laughs> full-time work and the way that you're supposed to speak within a meeting and the way that you're supposed to be supervised. Those are all things that I have had to learn that no one really tells you what to do and no one teaches you what's appropriate and what's not. <laughs> um, so I, in my position, um, I have noticed that Gratitude isn't really something that the leaders at my organization um, are, that's not their strength is showing gratitude. Um, and I, I like uh, have kind of tried to reframe that again and think of not the things that are bothering me about this, but instead um, what I am grateful for of my leaders, because there's so many great things that they have done and there's so many great things they have taught me. And I, like Oliver said, like I can change that within my own circle. So I am able to express gratitude towards them. And um, that automatically makes me feel better and makes it like more, I think it creates an environment where other people are able to do the same thing. So especially among my colleagues, so everyone else who's at the bottom of the totem pole with me, uh, we have all been engaging in daily gratitude practices together and uh, showing up for each other and telling each other um, how grateful we are when we help each other out on projects because it's a very team-based effort. And I think that slowly but surely that has cultivated a more thankful culture within our organization. And um, yeah, that's, that's it. That's how I feel. I love it. I love that we talk about how leaders can inspire a culture of gratitude, but it's also about how we lead from where we are to inspire a culture of gratitude, which is what you're showing, which is terrific. Hannah, what are your thoughts? Yeah. Uh, First, I want to say, I think I would enjoy working with Oliver and Bree because they try to cultivate gratitude in their own spheres and their own workplaces. Um, my moment is a little different. I'm just thinking about managers I've had and when I know that they're being authentic and they're showing gratitude. And um, I've had some great managers and others who I didn't get as long, get along with as well. Um, and the ones I think I know when they're being authentic and they're you know, being timely and specific is when I raise a concern to them about the workplace or something they've done uh, and it's negative feedback and then they respond with thanks or that they're going to like take this into consideration or they'll follow up with me about it. I think that's a big, for me, that's something I really appreciate and I think it's a sign that um, they're showing gratitude even for this negative feedback because they know it's going to make the workplace better. Love it. Totally love it. Shambi, your thoughts? Um, I've also had uh, my foot in both doors before with feeling that uh, my, my boss has been very grateful and, and having bosses that aren't grateful and, and watch the damage or the benefit that will do to the entire organization. And one of the things that uh, I, I really think is part to, to Oliver's point I actually do love when um, the, there's not just the gratitude, like I'm in the middle of a big conference and I'd like to thank this amazing team, no names mentioned, no specific behavior mentioned, 
but I'm very grateful. And it, it, it kind of feels somewhat self-serving to see that level of like, thank you to all these random people, right? Um, but instead, I think that very specific feedback, I would love a copy of that Forbes article, by the way, but it just that copy, that idea of um, really specific feedback, I really appreciated how you did this thing and this is why it benefited all of us. I am also a super nerd at loving when somebody said, do you know how lucky we are to have this person with us? Their skills are X, Y, and Z. And it's like, there's, there's no reason that was a private conversation. That's not going to go anywhere. Oh my gosh, this person really recognizes talent around them. And the more you hear that, I think it gravitates and, and encourages other people to speak in the same way. And then what you realize then is instead of having these private closed door meetings where we talk poorly about one of our colleagues, these private closed door meetings are like, we're so grateful for this person. We've got to do everything we can to keep them. And it also makes it feel like you're less likely to be subject of a negative um, conversation as well. And so for me, I think the gratitude goes in so many layers. It's like very overt gratitude. I need to you know, thank you in front of a group because of this work you did, but also I'm going to thank you privately just between us. And then I'm going to thank other people to you. So you know that like this is mm -hmm. happening everywhere. So for me, I think it's less performative if, if you see it at multiple levels. Oh, I love that. I love that. It means it truly is authentic and it is an attitude rather than a performance. Yeah. Lexi, what do you think? So one thing that my mind kept coming back to as we're discussing this is how much people's love languages play into it. And of course, I come at this with the frame of mind. I just listened to Colin's love episode that we're editing right now. So that's also on my mind. But um, like when I got back to the US, my boss sent me six bottles of wine as like, I know that I've basically killed you over the past two years. I haven't been able to do anything nice for you because like we're a remote company. We're not in the same place, but now you're in a place where I can reach you and like tangible gifts aren't my love language. Quality time is, but I recognize that for her, that's probably how she would have received gratitude. And maybe wine is my love language. That's what it's saying. But <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know if there's something to that, like thinking through people's love languages and knowing people's love languages and the way leaders express their gratitude. I love that you said that. I agree with you, Lexi. I, I totally understand why that's on your mind because I listened to Colin's discussion recently about how important it is as leaders to really understand what motivates the people who you're aspiring to lead. Um, and instead of thinking that they should want what you want, and that their desires should be your desires. It's understanding what they want in their lives and what their desires are, and then working to provide that. I think that you're absolutely right. And that's super hard and really authentic to try to do. Oliver, do you have something to say about that? I'll just add real quick, because you, you actually hit it really well. Um, but uh, I, I support that a lot. And I think part of that is, um, you, at least for me, I have an expectation to do my best to understand where everyone is at and when I engage with them. And when I'm able to further relationship, in other words, when I work with them or if it's personal, I try really hard to understand how they, how they um, need and appreciate feedback, but also uh, recognition, right? And uh, appreciation. So that echoes to a lot of what you're saying, right? About love language, because I always do that too. I always go, well, what's your love language? And that helps me also identify when, how they're 
probably like to receive um, feed, like gratitude or feedback. Um, but I think it's also helpful because it, and then it shows people before like you even get going um, in the relationship that they acknowledge that you're already thinking about. I'm going to have a lot of things to be grateful about you. Um, and I'm already thinking about how I want to do that. Right. And I think that helps, uh, you know, bring in that um, specific and authentic piece that you mentioned, Elisa, about, um, I don't know who you are. I don't know what our relationship will look like, but I know you're going to have a huge impact on me and my life. And so I want to know upfront, you know, what does that look like for you? So that way, when the, when the time comes, I already know specifically how to do it. And you know that it's intentional. Um, and I'm already thinking about it, right? It's not an afterthought. It's a proactive thought of, I know it's going to come up. So I'd rather be ready for it than miss an opportunity, right? Because no one, nothing hurts more than be like, I miss an opportunity <laughs> to show gratitude. And it hurts me because it was so good and good timing. And I just didn't hit it right, you know, and then you go back and try to do it and it, it still has some landing impact, but you know, you missed a huge mark at the time that it could have really helped that person or help the situation. But um, yeah, I think love language really do uh, lead into how you uh, appreciate each other and show that gratitude. I love it. And I'm really glad that we're recording this because I know that I'm going to go back and listen to it because I'm learning things that I could be doing better um, from the conversation. So um, I want to switch the conversation a little bit to talk about um, how gratitude is showing up in our communities and um, in our society in some ways. And last night I had a Zoom dinner, a Saturday night Zoom dinner with some friends from around the country. It was great fun. I probably drank too much wine. Um, and a few of them, however, during the discussion, we talked and a few of them were school teachers. And one of them was a doctor. And they each spoke about the almost unending cycle of exhaustion and struggle that they're facing right now in their lives. And it makes me think a lot about the gratitude writ large right now for all of us. I think it's a discussion that we've been having in our society and in our community. And we have discussions about frontline workers and healthcare heroes and individuals whose jobs are deemed essential. Um, and I'm interested in your thoughts about like, what is our role as citizens to maintain and even energize our gratitude practice for those individuals? I don't know the answer, but I'm really interested in like, what do we do? What can we as a society do? Shambi. So this was hard because, <laughs> because this time is so hard and, and I don't think it's a surprise to anyone for me to say, I'm definitely feeling just even being out to the grocery store that people's patience is really short and everyone's just angry and upset all of the time. And so it, it's really tough right now. Um, and yet at the same time, I think if we dig deep, um, especially for those of us who have talked about this, my, my own particular background is in uh, disability rights and, and really talking about everyone to slow down for just a minute and be a little more patient and breathe before reacting to a situation um, because you never know what somebody's experiencing on the other side. I have tried so hard to practice that since March because I am quick tempered. Um, I, I jump to a 10 pretty quickly. Uh, I try not to do it in public very often, but 
just this idea that everybody right now is really having a tough time, whether it's as tough as the rest of us or however you want to rank it or whatever, right? We don't know what people are going through. And so my, my personal practice and one I've tried really hard to deal with is not to jump down people's throats, especially if they have a very different opinion or different behavior in the setting or any of that, because we just don't know how um, fragile people are right now or how short the string is for some people and we would hate to create a bigger issue for somebody. So that's something I've really tried to practice is just to slow down, slow down my personal reaction and give people a benefit of the doubt. I totally agree with you. If there was ever a time to to give each other grace in, in and particularly in our bad moments, it's the, it's, it would probably be now. Nicole, what are your thoughts about this subject? Um, yeah, so Shambi was talking, I actually thought about this experience I had at the post office a couple of weeks ago. Um, and I am very, uh, you know, the belief that like, you cannot be mean to people that are working in service industry, like you can't be mean to a waiter, you can't be mean to a grocery store clerk, like, you can't be mean to people at the post office, especially the post office right now. Um, but there was this, um, there was a really long line uh, that day. And there was this man who was just, he was fed up because um, the the post office worker was so angry, like, or was, was telling him like, oh, you need to fill out this form and you didn't fill out this form correctly. Can you just go back and fill it out? Let me know when you're done and you can cut the line basically. Um, you know, just kind of telling him, I can't help you until you fill this out correctly. Um, and this man was so angry and he made a huge scene and he was, you know, saying terrible things about this post office worker to his daughter and to the other people in line. And it was just, it was such an uncomfortable experience um, to be in. And while I didn't feel comfortable like addressing this really hostile man and being like, Hey, can you please shut up? Um, this guy is like work. He's the only person here. Um I tried to make sure that my interaction with this man, um, with the post office worker was as positive as possible. And that I could say like, thank you so much. This was so helpful. Um, like you don't need to apologize for any wait time. This is totally, everything's okay. Um, and so I tried to kind of hope that my interaction with him would make up for the fact that this other man was berating him in front of everyone. Um, but then beyond that, I made sure to go and like fill out um, like the survey online that they give you um, and say like this uh, post office worker was amazing. He was so helpful. He dealt really well with like angry customers. Um, I can't even imagine what you would be going through right now. Just thank you so much. I was really stressed about getting this package out and you made it so simple for me. Um, and so I think that that's kind of, something that we can do and we're kind of recognizing that there are people that we don't know that are in these negative situations that are being yelled at um, really trying to be nice to them in your personal interactions but then finding ways to show gratitude to them in a way that like their supervisor is going to find out about it and their coworkers are going to find out about it so that um, you know they can maybe also get gratitude from those people as well and kind of spreading it I love it making sure that you did the extra mile, which takes extra work, but um, is even more important now. Stacy, what do you think? Um, I'm actually just going to echo that. I've, I actually find that through all of this time, I have filled out more surveys to positively reinforce 
like where I just shopped or I know grocery store checkers, these poor kids. I'm like, they're not doctors. They're not nurses. They're not teachers, but oh my gosh. Right. I mean, they're dealing with so many people every day and I try to be that person because I feel like I'm in line all the time where the person in front of me was just hostile. And you're like, you know, like, so to go that extra effort when you get up there and say, you know, that was really unnecessary and you know, thanks for what you're doing. And, you know, I, you're doing a great job, but I do feel like I'm like, wow, I, I've always tried to be one who fills out. And if I'm going to leave a comment, leave the positive one. Cause I try to always remember everybody's the first person to leave the criticism. Right. And so if you can be that person that helps give that person a little bit of positivity and just like Nicole said, so that they're recognized by their supervisors and their coworkers who don't, necessarily right like there's just something about that and it's not everyone's love language as let's said but for those that it is it can be that that thing that keeps their sanity that day um and so i think we should all do that i think we should become <laughs> filler outers of forms much more like much more positively um i just find it really interesting that that's one of the positive things that has come out of all of this awesome totally agree with you Emily. I know this may sound kind of mundane, but one of the things that has been important to me is to wear, as we're wearing masks out in the world, that um, since we're sort of inhibited in that way, that finding ways to smile and wave at people more, um, because we are missing a lot of our facial expressions that give a lot of affirmation to people. So whereas some things that get muted that kind of amplifying some other things I think has been important for me to have those kinds of interactions with, with the, the helping public, especially people on the trails um, as we're walking or something like that as well, I think is really nice to create a sense of community. I agree. Nicole. Um, yeah. So as uh, we're talking about this, I'm just kind of thinking too um, that Right, all of these kind of actions that we're taking, um, the words that we're saying, the surveys we're filling out, kind of taking a step back and, and making sure that we're waving more, like these are all really um, amazing practices of gratitude. But I think too, um, one thing that I've noticed doing a lot, um, that I've been doing a lot more often is trying to show my gratitude with money because that is what people need right now. Um, and so like that, on in one sense means I'm tipping more. Um, but in another sense, it means that these organizations like Black Lives Matter or any organizations that are really working towards um, racial justice or equity in the community, um, that that is my way of showing gratitude to them, right? Um, I think there's been a lot of talk too about how um, in New York and in other states and other cities that, right, you have like the the 5 p.m. like clap out and all the nurses and doctors are walking out and it's like this gratitude is really nice but you know what what we really need is we need you to wear masks we need you to stay home we need you to do all these types of things and so I think really listening to um, the people who are going through these struggles who are essential workers or who are faced um, with you know police brutality and these other these other things that are going on um, to I guess this gets back towards love language is kind of, um, but what they need um, and what they're asking for and saying, this is what will show me 
that you are grateful for me. Um, and so I've been really trying to kind of think about that on a more um, structural level too, uh, kind of what those bigger actions that I can take are to show that gratitude. I love that you say that. I totally agree with that. I've been having this um, underlying angst, I think, that we talked last spring so much about essential workers and the the frustration that I personally feel over time that we talk about people as being essential. And yet so far we haven't done anything societally to really show them how essential they truly are. And I feel a much more responsibility as a result of this pandemic to feel gratitude for all of the service workers in our communities that need me to step up in bigger ways than I have before. Hannah. Yeah, I'm glad the conversation turned to the um, societal level, um, wide scale, um, some of these inequalities that have allowed these issues to fester. Um, Because I think another way we can show gratitude going forward after the pandemic is over and we're in this rebuilding period is to think about the policies in place and if we can have more protections for healthcare workers, for teachers. Um, I know I have a friend who's in med school right now. She's a third year and they're, um, they have not been responding to COVID, but uh, starting this week, she will just because so many people are burnt out um, and it's crazy the number of hours they're working. So um, I'm hoping and curious to see change and protections um, at the policy level. I agree. I totally agree. And I think it will take all of us doing something about it. Oliver. Um, yeah, Hannah, I love, I love the switch to policy work. Um, uh, I, I like this also turn. Um, my uh, sarcastic response when you say, you know, what can we do? I'm like, mm, you can start by wearing a mask, everyone, right? Because it's a sign of respect because you're acknowledging that you're doing your part. Um, now that's out of the way. Um, I think honestly, what's really frustrating and hurtful is as we are uh, recognizing in this conversation that people's positions are coined essential, not people themselves. And I think that's what's really hurtful, right? Is to say your position matters in society, but your your narrative and your experience is not. Because Mm -hmm. as loud as you cry about the pain you're in or the exhaustion you're having, it doesn't change the policy or our, our decision on how we're doing it, which is really hurtful, right? And so I think one of the other things I would add to this is increasing our ability uh, to listen, right? Because so many of these essential workers are told that they matter, but really what matters is that they're doing the job that needs to keep society moving. But if, they, if, the, if the individuals who are being impacted by this uh, were also valued at the, you know, powerful levels of the government or uh, of, you know, society at large, um, things would change, but they're not changing, right? Because um, people are not actually listening to the experiences, experiences of, of these difficult times. And so I think for me, a lot of times I try to reach out um, or have like vent sessions, right? With other folks who are teachers or who are um, uh, medical workers and just being like, how are you today? You know, like what was today like for you? Um, was there a highlight today? You know, and I think creating small pockets of just allowing that person to feel heard and validated when the rest of the 
society generally dismissing them, I think can be really, really helpful for people's longevity in the work that is, as it was said, right? It's like, there's like no end right now, it seems like, because it's just like, it's just constant exhaustion. Um, so I think listening would be really great to add to this as well of being that person that can create space for those folks to be heard and just to, you know, be acknowledged in another way. I love that. And if I can just emphasize that piece that you said, Oliver, that we've talked about roles being essential, but not individuals. And I think that's incredibly important and something that I'll take away from today. Shambi, what do you think? I, I'm, I'm glad the conversation moved in this direction because as I was thinking um, before hopping on today, um, how for me personally, again, with the background that I have in, in disability rights, it's th that idea of gratitude and thankfulness, um, making sure that we're, we're on our own journey and not comparing it to that of others. So sometimes I'll hear people be grateful for things that actually put them above somebody else, whether it's things or um, even like now it, it, it's, it's really alive right now with our conversation. Well, at least I have my help. Um, it just feels so ugly to say that in a conversation with people who um, have loved ones that are dying due to a lack of help and, and how inequitable our access is to a healthcare system. So I think really thinking about gratitude as being not just what I have that other people don't have, or at least I have this thing that I know a lot of other people don't. I, I think it's just really important that we recognize back to full circle, we can be grateful for really hard times in our lives and what we learn from them. And, and uh, that kind of speaks to some of the other things that you all have been saying is, um, so now what, what do we do with all this gratitude we have? The action um, for many of us is the most important part of being grateful. It's one thing to just sit there and be content and be at peace with things. And that's really important to do. But then what do we do with it when we recognize there is inequality? What do we do with it when we recognize we have help and others don't. What do we do with it when we say, um, I'm super grateful that I'm not in a quarantine by myself, knowing that other people are like, what, what do we do about that? And so I think it, it goes back to thanking people. It goes back to showing your gratitude. It goes back to being really authentic. So what do you do with all of the, your gratitude and thankfulness? I agree. It's the action that we do afterward. Uh, I wanted to tell you guys that I appreciate your time. We're here, like it's, we've gone over the time that we said that we would. Um, and I want to make sure that everybody had a chance to say the things that they want to say. So is there something that we didn't address that you th think, I just was really hoping that I could talk about this when it came to gratitude today? Oliver-ish. I'll say this really quick. Make sure that if, also know that gratitude is internal and make sure that you're telling yourself that you thank yourself and you appreciate yourself. Um, I think some of the hardest moments I had in the last couple of months, what helped was I acknowledged that I shouldn't wait out for someone to like reach to me and say, you're doing okay, because they didn't know I was in a bad spot or whatnot, but to just pause and say, Oliver, you're doing okay. You're doing the best you can. And that's good. That's good enough today. That's okay. You know, you can be tired and that's okay. Um, and so I just want to echo that it's nice to share gratitude, but also know that you can share gratitude and grace for yourself. Um, so I think it's important to always remember that you can do this internal work of just saying that you're doing great 
and and honestly that's what helped get me through a lot of hard times in the last couple of months um and so uh, i pass that to you as it's worked for me and i encourage you to share that with others of reminding them that they can they can do that for themselves and that can help them uh sustain some of that difficulty um and also uh keep them in tune with themselves right you have impact on yourself and so just i think that's also something that you can uh, practice that's a strong practice to do i appreciate that you said that and i think it's something to remind ourselves of and probably something that many of us don't do very often so well done james yeah so i think that all of you are better at practicing gratitude than i am based off of this conversation just to start um because yeah i i mean i just think about how much i struggle with gratitude on a day-to-day -day basis and how much i think about what i don't have and so I guess my comment that I want to have people think about is um, just like that sort of automatic response of thinking that you don't have enough or if you're starting to feel really negative, um, recognizing that that's uh, an absence of gratitude, I guess. So I think that that's something to think about. But again, you all are doing way better than I am. Like, I <laughs> think I need to take a few steps in the gratitude lessons. So that's just something to think about. Well, we're grateful for you. James and your thoughts on that. Um, I wanted to I wanted to talk a little bit about uh, this last week. Um, Michael J. Fox, do you guys remember him? Michael J. Fox came out with a memoir this past week, and um, he is known basically almost universally for his like his unwavering optimism in the face of challenges. Right, his Parkinson's disease that he's had for decades that affected his career. Um, he had a tumor recently that required surgery that he literally had to learn how to walk again from, from not being able to do that at all. He has a fabulous discussion, Shambi, about what it's like um, to be in a wheelchair. Uh, and, and I actually like really quite enjoyed it because he said, you know, people should know that when you're in a wheelchair, everything is asses and elbows. And I thought that that was a fascinating, like, yeah, I bet that's right. Um, and then he talked about what that feels like, that people treat you almost as if you're luggage because they're just moving you from place to place and, and, the, and the perspective of that. But what he said is um, he was honestly questioning whether his uh, being known and being so serious all the time about making lemonade out of lemons and how he's so optimistic is, is whether that has been helpful. Um, and so he goes through this whole discussion in his memoir, but he ends it. Um, and the epilogue of his book, he describes the simple but most important aspect of gratitude. And he says, he's writing this, looking back on the first wave of the pandemic, and he describes the sounds of the neighbors banging the pots and blowing the whistles and ringing the cowbells in honor of healthcare workers. And he called it a band of thousands sending a message of thanks into the universe. And I liked that <clears throat> message of people coming together in community, not necessarily giving the thanks to the healthcare workers, but maybe giving the thanks to the universe that we're still here, that we're together. And he then recalls his father-in-law who passed away in 2018 and said that his father-in-law was known for his trademark assurance that was just wait, kiddo, it gets better. And I am just betting that many of us have a person in our life that is that just wait kiddo person that we can go to to help us remember that it gets better. 
and that there is optimism and there is hope and what, and I love his, his, what Fox, Michael J. Fox decides at the end is he said, with gratitude, optimism becomes sustainable. So we can have, we can be optimistic about our futures because we have a practice of gratitude. And so I just wanted to thank all you guys with that in mind, because all of you answered our call to have a conversation about gratitude today. And I think that together where we decided and put it out into the universe through this, through our podcast and your conversation that we wanted to, to make a difference out there in the world um, by putting our gratitude thoughts and processes out there. And I just want you to know that I am grateful for you um, and for your willingness to do that. And for moments like this, where we are able to come together and connect and collaborate um, in community and across distance um, with each other and all of you through this discussion and through who you are, provide me with um, sustenance for my own optimism about our society and about humanity and about people. And that makes me very deeply grateful. So thank you. Thank you for listening to our special episode of 92,000 Hours. In accordance with the theme of this episode, I want to express my gratitude for all of you, our listeners. Thank you for listening, engaging, subscribing, and reviewing our podcast. We hope you join us for season two, which will be launching in February of 2021. And a special thanks to all of those who participated in our gratitude conversation. Oliver Anderson, Lexi Banks, Nicole McKenna, Shambi Polychronis, Bree Stegel, James Stirr, Emily Tillett, Hannah Williams, and Stacy Whitford. I'm your host, Annalisa Holcomb. 92,000 Hours is sponsored by Connection Collaborative. If you'd like to learn more about our work, please visit us at connectioncollaborative.com. Here's to a happy new year and a terrific 2021.